Hey everyone, welcome back to the Freedom Podcast. And today, Katie here with Alexis, and we are going to answer a few of your questions. So we put a question box on our Instagrams, and we have five questions that we're going to go through. Just thought it's kind of fun ending November around holiday time. Kind of wanted to switch it up a little bit and answer some of these questions. And some of them I think are going to be uh, a little bit more in depth and take a little bit more time, but some of them are just kind of fun and uh, lighthearted. So we'll jump into the first one. So the first question is, how did you know that your significant other was the one or one that you wanted to seriously date? Because Lexi and her boyfriend, Raymond, they've been dating now for seriously for a, a while. Gosh, how how long has it been now? Two years? Uh, a li- two years. Yeah, a little over two years. Yeah. Okay. And then Jake and I, we... Um, have been married almost, oh my gosh, it's a year and a half and then it'll be two in March. So (laughs) can't believe it's been almost two years, which is crazy. So um, yeah. So Lexi, what was it about Ray? Like, how did you know that that was different in terms of like stepping into that long-term relationship? Yeah. Um, So I feel like I've never really been the person to be like, oh, I believe that there's only one person out there for you. And I think it's like hard because um, that makes it stressful. Like out of all the people in the world, you have to find the one. Um, but for me with him, it was just like the taking initiative in the very beginning. And we, from the first like two or three weeks, we were very intentional. Like we are looking for a real relationship leading into marriage. And we talked about those things really early. Like, even if that wasn't with each other, we were saying like, the reason why we're dating or trying to pursue each other was because we are looking for our like husband or wife. And so I think for me, like that was like the biggest thing is that his, him pursuing me in the way that was for marriage was just like really different versus playing games. Cause I think in this day and age, it's like, Oh, I'm going to feel it out for six to eight months. And then I'm going to drag on and like, like lead you on for six to eight months. And then I'll probably just end up with someone else. Like that happened to me so many times where I was just kind of tired of the game. So I was very upfront. He was very upfront of what he was looking for. And then another thing was just like from the beginning, just his like kindness and generosity towards me was like so sweet and really endearing. I still remember like our first date, he like brought, like we had talked for a couple weeks and then we went on a first date and he brought me like my favorite flower, which I told him like probably in one of our first or second conversations. And he remembered, and it was just really endearing and like the way he was so responsive respectful. And it was just different. It, something about it was just different. And, um, you know, once I started seeing that we aligned like on our goals and our beliefs, then I cut kind of was like, okay, I think that this is like a person that I can see myself marrying. Um, and that doesn't mean like we didn't have, you know, differences or issues or, you know, conflict or things like that. Like definitely things that you've worked through in throughout our relationship. But, um, I think that was like the biggest thing. It's like being so intentional and he wasn't like, um, you know, Hey, you want to hang out? Like he was like pursued me in a way that was like, I am looking for a wife. I'm not looking just to like hang out and, um, yeah. And just like dating, in a way that was like, we, he was always respectful. Like we'd always have like day dates. It was never like, Oh yeah. You want to go get like a drink at night or something like that. It was never like that. It was like, we would go like, well, our first date was at a restaurant, but like we would go like rock climbing or hiking or that like we do things, then grab lunch or we do like a picnic in a park. Like we always made sure it was like daytime dates, which, you know, I think is like important to do, um, as you're like getting to know someone. And like, we always made a point like drinking and stuff. I feel like it 
doesn't always allow you to like really see someone for who they are. So um, we like made it a point not to like, you know, drink and things like that, like while we were getting to know each other, because it was like, you just don't want your, you know, you don't want your judgment to be skewed when you're like, you know, first dating, getting to know someone. So yeah. And then just really just talking about like the things that we wanted and making sure that we aligned. Um, but yeah, I don't really like believe in like the one, but I knew that he was like the one that I needed for me. And, um, I think vice versa for him too. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really, that's really good. Yeah. I'd say for me, I, it it takes some time, like for sure. Like when I met Jake, I was like, Oh wow, this guy's different. Like i thought he was very physically attractive. That was the first thing I noticed. And that, before, I don't know, it's, it's, I know physical attraction is, I mean, obviously it's not everything, but like having that chemistry is definitely important. And that's yeah. something that Jacob had from the beginning and um, was very different than others that I had dated before. Like it was almost like yeah. sometimes I was trying to build an attraction to someone. Yeah. <laughs> like, it. Uh, yeah. is this how it's going to be? Like, you know, yeah. whereas with it was, oh, he's, I, I, he's attractive. Like I'm interested to get to know him more. And I would say like yeah. the best thing that was different about him was his pursuit of relationship with the Lord, yeah. not from me. Like it wasn't me. Yeah. Hey, let's go to church. Hey, do you read your, you know, do you read the Bible? Hey, what's your spiritual yeah. life? Like it wasn't, uh, cause there have been a couple of guys that I had not dated, but gone out on some dates with and yeah. they yeah, like I'm a Christian and I, um, that's a priority in my life. And I knew I wanted to marry someone that number one priority in their life was their faith and their walk with God. Yeah. And I hadn't been able to find that when I met Jake when yeah. I was 20. So late, late twenties and throughout my twenties, like I was just kind of discouraged. And so I, mm-hmm. from the beginning, I said, you know, if I go out on a date with a guy, like we're going to hit the hard subjects mm-hmm. right off the yeah. bat. Like I'm not, yeah. Not dating for fun because honestly dating is not fun uh, yeah <laughs> let's oh real, it's not not really that fun in no. this world secular yeah. society fun like once you find someone who aligns with your values and you go out on dates and you get to know each other like that part is really fun but right. um and what i'm saying is dating is not fun our world of dating is not fun like our yeah. secular society it's a dumpster fire and so yeah. i just knew right from the start i was like I'm going to hit faith. I'm going to hit priorities. I'm going to hit, right. you know, the difficult topics. Like, what are your values? Where do you align mm-hmm. on these certain issues? Like, how do you yeah. feel about blah, 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 blah. You know, obviously yeah. we had some differences on certain things. It's not like we're aligned on everything. However, the right. most important are faith and they yeah. were aligned. And, and so from that moment, I was like, oh, this guy, like, there's something different about him because he loves the Lord. He's yeah. pursuing his heart. And that's the first time I'd ever dated someone who showed that fruit and showed that passion. And I thought that is super attractive to me. Not only yeah. did I'm super cute and really physically attractive, but also at the same time, like I could see us growing a life together and, yeah. um, you know, just the fact that we were aligned on those, on those values. So in our dating, like when we dated, it wasn't all sunshine and daisies and roses. Right. Like I think you have this, uh, misconception, especially kind of in the church and Christian world that, oh, it's just going to be like perfect. And you're just going right. to get engaged in six months and then get married yeah. and, you know, all things. And it's like, Jake and I had some pretty significant differences that we had to yeah. work out around that six month mark um, in dating. And it wasn't always yeah. easy, but the thing that 
was so different about him is that he was committed to to working through those things. And so in that meeting process, it's it's an interview. I mean, in reality, it is an interview process for for marriage. Like you have to see, is this person over a significant amount of time, like showing that they have integrity, showing that their faith is real. It's not just a put on act for you. Um, Genuine faith. Because I don't want someone, I don't want to be dragging someone along. That's when I, in my late twenties, I was like, I am not like, I don't have time for this. Like, I don't have yeah. time to be missionary dating. Yeah. And uh, and I knew that wasn't, wasn't God's will. So it was really that I knew that we were running the same race, which right. was like the most, I'd say like the biggest di- um, difference from my previous dating yeah. experiences versus um, Jake. So yeah. And then yeah. just step-by-step step led to recognizing like, you know what? I don't want to do this with anyone else. So um, that's when yeah. we got engaged and got married. So, yeah. Well, and I still remember the day that you called me because I was, where was I? I don't remember where I was at, but I still remember the day you called me and you were telling me about Jake and you were like, I think I met my husband. I will never forget when you said that. And I, I think that was, we were already recording by then, I think. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I still remember that conversation when you called Aww. me and yeah. yeah. Yeah, I totally remember that. Yeah. So yeah, I I had an inkling pretty pretty yeah. quickly. I, was, mm, I think this it just feels completely different. Yeah, and and it was completely different. And I think you know, especially when you're discerning in this, mm-hmm. like with the Holy Spirit, like partnering with the Holy Spirit and being discerning about things. Like I think pretty soon on in the relationship, you sort of have this like, yeah. okay, discerning is this is this where God is calling me to be? And I really felt yeah. like okay, this is, this is going to be my husband. I didn't yeah. know for sure. Obviously sometimes that can right. be emotion. that can kind of, um, uh, sort of muddy the waters a little bit, especially when you're in the infatuation period, the first couple yeah. of months. Um, but if you're being discerning and, and, um, listening to the Holy Spirit, I think he can definitely make it pretty clear within the yeah. first couple of months. If it's something oh, worth it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Even within the first couple of days. I mean, there were some guys I went out with, even though they said that they were a Christian. And, you know, I was just like, nope. You knew. Like, I don't know why, but nope. It's just not there. Yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is so true. And it's funny because it. I think that is true. Like, you know, soon. Like, I knew before he did. Like, he – but I knew within the first, like – I would say four to eight weeks. Like I was like, Oh, okay. Like I know that this is like the person that I'm going to be with. And then I was the first one to say, I love you. He said it uh, like a week later or something or a couple days later, something like that. But, um, but yeah, I, I knew like, pretty quickly. And I always think of, um, Candace Owens cause she's my favorite. Mm-hmm. I always think yeah. of her and her and her husband. Like, I think they were engaged within like weeks or something of meeting each other and then married within like a month or two or so it was something insane. And you know, three babies later, like, um, so when, yeah, yeah when God like aligns people and everyone's story also, I think, you know, this is to know everyone's story is going to look different too. And I think, um, sometimes when we compare like our stories to others and, we become dissatisfied in like the love story that the Lord is like writing for us. And that's, you know, that is something that also just, you know, to keep in the back of your mind, if you're listening to this and, you know, God hasn't brought you the person that you're supposed to be with yet, like just be patient and, and, and 
you know, be discerning and don't settle for anything less than like what he has for you. And that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy because it's not. And, you know, I know you and Jake have worked through a lot of things. I know me and my boyfriend have worked through a lot of things because everyone does bring some type of baggage or hurt or, um, you know, we're humans. So everyone brings something, but finding that person to run that race with you and then wanting to like work on those things. I think that is like the biggest thing for me too. It's like, wanting to change and become better and, and be just more aligned with Christ is like just the biggest difference. And, um, so yeah, so just be patient for anyone. I know it's hard, like in this day and age dating people. And I always say to myself, like, I was like, I will never do it again. Like I was like, say something happened and and me and him didn't work out. Like I would just be like, God, you better like place this person here because I'm not like, I'm all the way over it. Like I could not even imagine trying to start over. Like, no, (laughs) I refuse. (laughs) I guess of a word of encouragement to, uh, to some of our listeners who may feel like discouraged. I remember I was just like, I'm completely done. Cause I had been trying to date and like putting myself out there and like trying like going on dates. And it was just so frustrating. And I, now look back. So Jake, where he was at when we met in 2020 in his spiritual walk, if we would have met even three, four, five, six months earlier, it wouldn't have worked out. Yeah. Praise God that I did not date any of those people before for longer periods of time. And right. that I was single when I met Jake, because we were like, it was just, it was God's hand. And he yeah. just allowed us to meet or, or I think he ordained us to meet at that exact time. And like, where we were at in our spiritual walks, like it was just such a good moment in time. And it was so quote random, you know, it wasn't anything that we orchestrated ourselves and it was just so organic and, you know, quote random. That's actually what I prayed for. I was like, God, I want something organic. I can't do this online stuff anymore. And, you know, so I wanted it just normal too. Yeah. And each person's story is going to be different, but um, recognizing too, God's timing is better than our own. And if I wouldn't have experienced those disappointments and disappointments and disappointments, I might've been in a relationship when Jake popped in my life. So, you know, saying no to not great situations actually allowed me to be um, single at the right time to meet Jake. So, Yeah, no, definitely. I love it. I I love a good love story, I I have to say. Yeah, it's always very me, sweet to hear. Oh, nice. Our next question is favorite book of the Bible. This one was actually a hard one for me. I was like thinking about it last night. I was like, oh, this is really hard. To narrow it down to one is really hard. I know. And honestly, I don't think I can narrow it down to one. But Same. I will say one of one of my favorites is Romans because it is such a great systematic theology in the new testament by paul and we're actually going through it right now with our small group at church a young adults group that my husband and i lead together and it's been so good like just going back through i've read romans so many times but it really is one of those hard-hitting books that just nails like just cements it is by faith it is not by works you know it's just like so good it's so good so i would say Romans is definitely one of my favorites and I could list a million other, well, not a million, but cause there's not a million books in the Bible, but a couple of them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but I'll leave it there. Nice. I love it. Um, I would say 
same, like narrowing it down to one is hard, but um, I, Hebrews is like the book that I always go back to. Like when I'm just like, I'm not really sure where I want to like, you know, study next. Obviously everyone loves the book of like Esther and things like that, but Hebrews is definitely my favorite. I think cause it kind of just like gives a summary of like all of like just the key points in like your faith in Christianity. And, and I just love it. And it's a shorter book. So it's something that you can just like go back and read over and over and over again. You can never get enough. Like I was going through it and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I have like this whole book, like basically highlighted, like, you know, so sometimes I get annoyed with myself cause I'll read through it and I'm like, it's literally just one big highlight. So I like unhighlight things. So it looks more like, I don't know. But anyways, Hebrews yeah. is definitely my favorite. It's just a beautiful summary of like just our walk and then the Lord just like encouraging us in that too. And um, just remembering God's promises, I think is like, I don't know. I love Hebrews. That's like, I would say my favorite book. And then obviously mm-hmm. Proverbs, Psalms, Book yeah. of Esther, all of them, yeah. <laughs> all of the books. <laughs> so many, so many good ones. So many good ones. Yes. John is a solid one. So if you're yeah. like, I would listening to this and they actually have never read the Bible themselves, I would start with John. Um, that's just a little, little piece of advice. So, all right. Next question. Biggest challenge of living a Christ centered life in a largely secular society. This is a really good question. So what would you say, Lex? I think the biggest challenge is just like reminding yourself that this world is temporary and that all the things in this life are not the things that are going to satisfy you. Um, And just like we've talked about, like just stepping back and stepping out of the rat race and realizing that like your purpose here on earth is not to, um, it's not just your own, but it's to bring people to Christ and just to be a testimony of his love and his kindness and his truth in this world that's so dark. And I think that's like a really hard thing, just living that out day to day, because we can get, or I can get so caught up in my own stuff, like what's going on with me, what's going on with my relationship and this and that, and my family. And it's, you know, very, it's easy to turn. So just we're self-centered, like by nature, we're always going to care more about ourselves than other people. And it's like that unlearning process of like, God did not place me on this earth to only solely take care of myself, but he wants me to go out and be, um, a, a, a disciple and a, a, um, witness of his love and his truth. And, um, yeah, just like that dying to yourself and not living. For, I, I think every Christian would say the same thing. It's just like, we struggle in different ways, but it all comes back to like selfishness and like our pride and just dying to that. And I've had so many conversations. I feel like lately, um, really with my boyfriend about just that, like, just like pridefulness is like the root of all evil, (laughs) like, you know, and, and our selfishness really. And so I think that's like the biggest thing. It's just like not being selfish. And I feel like I am a very giving person, but then I have to take a step back. I'm like, well, am I giving to get praise or am I giving like, because I'm giving out of a good place or I'm, you know, and so, um, so yeah. And, and sometimes I'm like, oh, well, I didn't get a pat on the back for that. And I'm like, okay. Like, you know, that's not necessarily the whole reason for it. So, um, so yeah, I think that's probably, I would say my biggest struggle. Oh yeah. It's interesting. Cause I was thinking about this question and at first my mind went to, Oh, you know, friends 
lost. And especially like in 2017, when I just really started to transform pretty dramatically in my life and a lot of my friend groups like disappeared. But then I got thinking, I was like, man, my relationships now, like my friendships are so much better and so much richer and like, and yeah, there's been nasty comments online and criticisms, but like, honestly, it's, it hasn't been, it's paled in comparison to the battle that I have dealt with um, in what I prioritize for sure. So for me, it would definitely be going along the same lines of what you just said in Mm. wrestling with like, our society is so externally driven with how much money do we make? What degree do you have? What's your body look like? What's your lift number? What's your, you know, all of these things, like how Mm. much food are you like even stuff like that, it's like yeah. we attribute more worth to the person that can eat more more food and maintain weight. We attribute more worth to the person that is the most shredded. We attribute more, you know, yeah. value to the person who makes six figures as opposed to the person that makes five. More yeah. value to the person seven figures. But you know what I mean? yeah. it's just like we are so we are so misaligned when it comes to our prior priorities in yeah. this world. What we attribute our worth to. And so I think for me, it's this constant battle of where am I striving? Like, what am I striving to do? Am I striving for accomplishments, money, fame, you know, popularity, or am I actually putting God first on the throne of my heart and living for his approval? Ultimately not for man's praise. And I think that that comes down to the pride aspect because it's pride in our accomplishments and pride in our look. So it's, I wrestle with this all the time. And I'd say that's the biggest, that's the hardest thing. I mean, every single day, there's something that I am wrestling with internally. Like, I'm not going to lie, like difficult. Um, Anyone who says a Christian life is easy is not a Christian. Yeah, Yeah, because you truly have to continue to be sanctified and continue to grow into like the person that God is calling you to be, which is like stripping away that old. So it's painful process. And so it's every single day asking myself, why do I want more, you know, whatever it is, like, what is my, what is my motivation behind that? And a lot of times very selfish and focused and um, yeah, that's definitely, a daily a daily battle yeah yeah and too it's awesome to know that like the lord knows that and he's still so like loving and kind towards us and and like understanding in the sense because he created us so he knows how we are and um but yeah it is it's a it's a lifelong long struggle of that dying to yourself and you know i think sometimes kind of leading into this next question there's seasons where you Mm. feel closer to the Lord and then there are seasons where like you don't. And so the next one was talking about, or asked the next person asked, what do you do in seasons when you feel spiritually dry? And I think sometimes, um, at least for me personally, when I'm feeling in a dry season, like that's the time where you have to like continue to press in more, um, because everything in us is telling us to withdraw. And then what ends up happening is that we even, we just feel even further away from the Lord and we feel even more spiritually dry. And I think too, not relying on like a feeling, 
Um, Mm -hmm. but really relying on the word of God and his truth and, and reminding yourself of that daily, because I think just like sometimes depending on the type of church that you go to or whatever, um, there's such an emphasis on like your feels and like how you're feeling. But I, you know, I just don't think that that's like always very valid. Um, and there are seasons where I've felt very, very close to the Lord and the closest that I've ever been. And then there's feelings where I kind of just feel like middle. And then there's times where I feel far away. And, you know, I think like there is, you know, those, those peaks in those valleys for sure. in every spiritual, uh, and everyone's spiritual walk. But I think the biggest thing in the dry season is to really press in and then make sure that you have a community around you and people around you where you can share these things. Cause that's like the biggest thing is like when you're isolated, um, then you're going to feel even more in a season of like dryness or like, you know, further away from the Lord, because, um, you know, it, it, the Christian walk is not, meant to be done alone. So having people in your life that you can come to, even if that's like your parents or a sibling or a friend, like it doesn't have to be like a group of people, but if you have one person in your life that you can share these struggles with, I think that will help because they can pray for you and, and, and walk with you and encourage you in your walk. And that like, we all need that encouragement because I may be in one season, Katie may be in another season and she can encourage me while I'm in this season and I can encourage her when she's in that. So it's just, it, you know, it's community in that sense. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that was amazing. All of what you said. So ditto, ditto to all of that. I would say for me too, one thing that I make sure I'm doing is just getting back to the basics. Like, am I reading my Bible even when I don't feel like it? Am I praying? Am I worshiping? Am I going to church? Am I, you know, going to Bible study or just those things that sometimes, like you said, we run off emotions and that's not a healthy way to live because I mean, even just comparing it to fitness, like if I just worked out when I felt like it or ate healthy when I felt like it, honestly, I would be not in shape. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I probably like, honestly, like, especially without competing and everything, like a lot of days, I just don't want to work out, but I still yeah. do it. Yeah. And you know, afterwards, I feel a lot better. And then that passion is kind of reignited. Yeah. And so same thing. I mean, I don't want to diminish it to fitness. It's totally different. But sometimes even just getting in the word, like you are your, the Holy Spirit, I mean, it can speak so many incredible things through the word. Mm-hmm. And so the passage that maybe you've read 50 times, all of a sudden will come to light in a new way. And yeah. I even said this, Jake, so we've been traveling, we traveled for Thanksgiving and it was really difficult for me. Like I find travel difficult to be yeah. consistent with my normal quiet times and prayers yeah. and work. And I got home and I told Jake, I was like, I just feel kind of like, out of it spiritually, like a little bit out of it. And, um, you know, and I just, I just made that statement and he was like, Oh, like, what can we do? And I was like, we don't, it's okay. Like, I don't, this isn't like, (laughs) if you're married, you know, this conversation wives that you have with your husbands, you're like, this isn't a fix it. This isn't a fix it problem. This is just a problem. Um, and then it was like, you know what, I'm going to do my quiet time and get back into my routine consistency with that. And I'll see yeah. how I feel. And literally within, it was an hour later, I talked to him and I was like, I just have my quiet time and I feel so much better. I didn't want to do it, yeah. but just reading the word and you're met with, um, 
you know, the Holy Spirit within you, it's like nourishing your soul because it's reading God's word. Um, the Holy Spirit can, can communicate certain things through the word maybe differently. And then, you know, you're inspired. You're like, oh my gosh, like that brings to your mind something that you've been struggling with. And yeah. then it brings people to pray for. And then before you know it, you're like, Oh, you know, you're just like, it's, it's kind of getting, getting that flow back. And I think a lot of times we think we're a little bit arrogant into thinking like, Oh, like I'm a Christian. Like I'll just get it together. Yeah. We have to be intentional about that daily routine and that daily rhythm. Um, or else we can very quickly be, be distracted by the world. And, and so I think setting up, setting aside that time each day and you know, some days you miss, but being intentional about kind of getting back into the basics, like reading the Bible, praying, like you said, yeah. community, community, talking to someone um, are super, super important to kind of get that, get those juices flowing for lack of a better yeah. term. Um, and, and recognize like, okay, it actually is those simple, those simple things are what help, um, your spiritual life. I mean, yeah. more than the conferences and the, the yeah. you know, it's a daily walk. Yeah. Yeah. That quiet space and time mm-hmm. like with the Lord. And yeah, I think yeah. we had a, a podcast just talking about different ways to connect like with the Lord. So um, if you're yeah. listening to this, I definitely encourage you to go find um, that episode because yeah, there's so many different ways to, to um, connect with the Lord and, um, and just doing that daily. And then, yeah, just being reminded too of his like goodness and me and you have talked so much about just like for both of us getting out in like nature and just, you know, realizing like, wow, like the Lord created this amazing, beautiful world for me to enjoy and then giving that glory back to him and just being thankful um, for right. that is a big one for sure. Absolutely. All right. Last question. Yes. Good one. Should Christians have non-believing friends? So my first thought is just reading this question is there is a difference between like your inner circle and those people that influence you and friends that you are associated with that aren't necessarily like ones that are constantly speaking into your life and influencing you. So, um, so there is a difference. So should Christians have not friends? Yes, absolutely. Like we're called to be in the world, not of the world. And if we're not, if we're not associating with non-Christians, how are we evangelizing? <laughs> yeah, I sure. laugh you know, when, when certain people say like, you should cut off everyone in your life that is a oh, Christian. Yeah. It's like, um, that's not exactly biblical and that's not what God yeah. calls us to do. However, there also is a place I think you have to be in your, in your walk where you need to recognize your own fragility and is your friend actually if you have a close friend who is a Mm non-Christian pulling you away from the, like, do you notice yourself like getting into bad habits when you're around this group of friends or a certain friend You find yourself like participating in gossip when you're around them. And I don't, even if you find yourself conforming a little bit, I don't think that means right off the bat that you have to just cut out, you know, every single person that isn't a Christian at all. Um, However, you, you need to be discerning on, how much time you spend with this person or these, these people, um, is it the amount of time you spend around 
Christians, is it significantly less than the amount of time that you spend around non-Christians? Well, then you're probably going to have a difficult time growing spiritually and and being sharpened by, by your friends if, if it's completely off kilter. So each person is going to be different and -hmm. there could be a couple of people that you just need to not have in your life. So, you know, the answer is going to be nuanced for each individual. Like for myself, there were a couple of very toxic people. um, That's the buzzword nowadays, right? Toxic, (laughs) very destructive people that I actually had to walk away from in my life when I became Christian because um, just because of the circumstances, right. And because of the history that I had with those people and just some different right. things that were not good and they were negatively impacting my life. And it was just a very individual situation where I had to walk away from, from that relationship, but still, yeah. you know, pray for that person. So it's nuanced. I think it's different for every single individual, but like the big question you need to ask yourself is, who is influencing me? And if it's yeah. all non-Christian friends, then I think you need to do a little bit of a, you know, evaluation of who you're surrounding yourself with and, and recognize like that you are weak and you need others that are going to spur you on and more mature Christians that are going to refine yeah. you and sharpen you. So it's nuanced for every single person, but in general, you need to be looking at who are your closest friends and then, um, you know, who is influencing you but also at the same time, like if you have no non-Christians in your life, then maybe do a little bit of evaluation and, and see if maybe you're being too extreme with cutting people out. No, for sure. I totally agree. I feel like, um, yeah, like your closest friends need to be like believers and things, um, around you. And I always laugh at myself because I don't really have like a lot of friends, like, you know, and, and my friends that I have are friends that I've had for ever. I mean, since high school and slash college. So, um, but even some of those friends that I, um, still have that walked away from the Lord and have come back, like I've talked to them and they're like, you've just encouraged me like in my faith and like, um, you know, they're like your consistency, which I always say like in college, like I was not living a Christian life. Like I, you know, have talked about that so many times, but I do have friends who I would consider they weren't necessarily non-Christians, but just like not living, out their Mm -hmm. faith and, um, that have come back to the Lord and have just done like a complete 180 and are like, you've encouraged me in this way. But like when they were participating in certain activities and things like that, that I just started to separate myself when I started to, um, just really focus on my relationship with the Lord. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like I just don't have like a ton of friends, so I don't really meet like a lot of new people. Um, because, I mean, with coaching, I'm around high school boys all the time. So then, and, and I, you know, my outings are church or like with my boyfriend or whatever, but I do know a couple of people who aren't Christians that are um, like friend of friends or things like that. And like, just trying to like witness to those people. And, um, but yeah, it's true. I don't think that you should just be like, Oh no, I'm never going to associate with non-Christians. Like, I mean, if we look throughout the Bible, like, you know, Jesus was sitting with the sinners, but he wasn't sinning with them. And he was always witnessing and speaking truth. And like our lives should be as much of a reflection of Christ as possible, which is not like easy and it's very hard and we'll never get to that place. But like, um, yeah, I agree. I don't think that people should just cut people out unless it's like a situation like you were talking about, like with you. Um, and there are necessary times to do that. Um, but I think that some people who may have, 
been a non-believer and then came to Christ and their circle is just surrounded by non-believers, like that's a lot harder situation where you're going to have to, um, you know, just do the work to find a Christian community and getting plugged into your church or just joining a small group or, you know, doing things that will help push you towards, um, just growth in Christ. And that is, you know, that's, I think that situation for a lot of people is really difficult. And I always say for me, like, I'm fortunate. I went to Christian schools my whole lives, like my whole life. Like I just, um, I feel fortunate cause I don't really, there's not a lot of people around me that aren't Christians. Um, but everyone's on different, I guess, paths and different areas in their walk. Um, so mm-hmm. just encouraging each other in that sense, or maybe even some friends that I've had who've walked away and have come back or have still walked away, you know? So, um, I don't consider them non-believers, but I just, um, but yeah, just, you know, that's, I guess a little example for me, but yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, with yeah. that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, it's, it'll not, you'll naturally, like as a Christian, you'll start to have more Christian friends and your non-believing friends will probably just that circle will, they'll move out a little bit um, from your inner circle. If you came from a non-believing background and as you become a believer, Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say like the friends and acquaintances I have that are non-Christians are not my close friends at all. (laughs) Um, But because it's like, what are you talking? Uh, there's only so much you can talk about, honestly. That's yeah. The non-Christian. Um, and I'm just sort of like, okay, you know, but at the same time, like there are certain people that I pray for, um, almost yeah. daily. I yeah. really want to see them come to salvation and come to the Lord. And so I think it's important too to remember, like a lot of times you might be the only person praying for that person too. Yeah. So, um, you know, just because they're not a Christian doesn't mean you just cut them out of your life and you can right. really pray for them. Yeah. Um, and maybe one day see them come to the Lord, which is yeah. like the best feeling ever. I will say one of my good friends, she, this is a cool story. She and I were friends from like 2015 to 2020. I obviously, you know, kind of made a transformation in, in 2017 and she was not a Christian. Like we would hang yeah. out and it was always enjoyable, but yeah. you know, she just wasn't a Christian. Well, yeah. 2020 her life to Christ. And like, it's Mm -hmm. been so cool. Like, so I think back to that and I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't just cut her out because she has to me like, thank you for being a friend to me and just Mm -hmm. listening. Even though I knew you were a Christian and you know, you never compromised, but you were such an example. Like once I was coming to Christ, I'm like, Oh my gosh, thank you. You know, but it's just cool how God worked through our friendship. And I'm so glad I wasn't just like, Oh, she's not a Christian. I'm going to cut her out of my life because our relationship, like it did make a difference in her walk. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and now she's has a godly marriage and, um, she's yeah. amazing. I love her. Lindsay, shout out to you if you're listening, but, awesome. um, you know, it's just, it's really cool to see that happen as well. So remembering yeah. that no one's too far from. Of course. Yeah. Oh, so true. I love it. Well, that is all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.